WCNC Charlotte. This is Flashpoint, where power and politics collide and the tough questions get asked and answered. Thanks for joining us here on Flashpoint. I'm Hunter Sines filling in for Ben Thompson. This week, a big announcement from Mecklenburg County's top health official, Gibby Harris, says she's retiring. But it's the right time for me and for my family, and I think it's the right time for the department as well to move into the next phase. And Harris made that announcement on Wednesday. She's become a household name everywhere in Charlotte, providing regular updates on the coronavirus pandemic since March of last year. But her career, of course, started long before that. She's been working in the field for more than 30 years, including leadership positions in Wake and Buncombe counties. Today, Gibby Harris joining us on this show. Gibby, thank you and good morning to you. First off, what's led to this decision? Good morning, Hunter. Thank you for having me here today. You know, it, I when I came to Mecklenburg County, initially I came as a consultant and then agreed to stay as the health director to try to resolve some of the issues that the department was having, but also to look at how we could move this department towards being the best, at least in the Southeast, if not in the country. And I, I think we've made progress in that direction. But, you know, I also knew that um, having already retired once, that this would be a time limited um, experience for me. And the timing is right. Uh, it, the timing is good for me in terms of my family. Um, and um, I need to spend more time with my family, but also the timing is good for the department. Um, we have a capable individual who we have brought on, has been with us through the pandemic and is going to be available to serve as the next health director. And it feels good to have somebody in that position that I can continue to work with over the next six months and transition the department in a good way. Gibby, I wanna ask, You've been through a lot this past year and a half. Did COVID, did the stress that you endured through this past year and a half, did it have anything to do with this announcement? No, it did not. Um, what we have been through in the last year and a half has been stressful for everybody involved. I mean, the entire community has been stressful, but definitely for public health. But this is the work that we do. And I am passionate about public health and the work that we do for our communities and with our communities and with our community partners. And so this was just um, work that we needed to do. And it really did not play into my decision. If anything, I, I, um, I wanted to make sure that we were far enough through this pandemic that I was comfortable leaving the position and moving um, the leadership onto others. Yeah. So, no, it did not impact the, the time frame or anything like that. You said, of course, your family is a big priority and spending more time with them is something that you probably can't wait to do. I want to peel back the layer of health director and talk to Gibby Harris, the human being that I know she is. What toll has this taken on you? I know your family doesn't even reside here in Mecklenburg County. Um, it had to have been uh, a little bit of a toll on you to be so far away, especially during the stay at home orders. What toll has this taken on you personally? Well, there have been times when it's been challenging, when I've felt the need to be closer to my family, um, more engaged and involved in issues that they were dealing with than I was able to be. Um, I have tried to be home when I can, 
and to be with them. And there are times when um, my husband and especially the grandkids have come down and visited with me here in Charlotte. But the other thing that this has done, I mean, this is a demanding position. Mm -hmm. And with some of the challenges that we've had since I've been here, having the extra time to spend on work um, has been useful. So um, again, it is time for me to start paying more attention to my family. And um, uh, as I said before, I think the department's in a good place for me to be able to move um, in that direction. Yeah, of course, Gibby, during the announcement, you said you aren't rolling down your sleeves just yet. There's still plenty to respond to, including this Delta variant. It's, of yes. course, ravaging other countries, and it's already here, too, in our community. The Delta variant is now the dominant strain in the U.S. The CDC also saying it's now nearly 52% of new COVID-19 cases. I know the CDC has not yet changed its mask guidance, but, Gibby, do you believe people should put those masks back on even if they're vaccinated at this point? I, I believe right now that the vaccines that we have are showing um, good response to the Delta variant. That does not mean that we're not seeing some breakthrough where individuals who are vaccinated are becoming infected. So we know that we're seeing a little, we're seeing some of that. It's not a lot. Uh, uh, which is a good thing, but we are seeing some. But for those individuals who do become infected, quite often they either have no symptoms or mild symptoms. So we're, the vaccine is still providing that additional protection against severe illness, hospitalization, and death, which is important. But people need to pay attention to their environment, even if they're vaccinated. Um, if they are moving into a situation where there are a lot of people, a lot of people not wearing masks, there's no opportunity for any kind of social distancing, they may want to consider wearing a mask. So I think it's an individual decision at this point. There's no masking requirement. When I go out, the majority of the time, when I go into the grocery store, when I go into other stores, um, I, I'm still wearing a mask. Um, and sometimes in my work environment, depending on how many people are around, I'm still wearing a mask because I don't know who else is vaccinated. I don't want to put myself at risk. I don't want to put others that I come into contact with at risk. And so having that mask with me all the time gives me that option to protect myself if I'm feeling like I'm in a situation that does create risk. So I would recommend that people still be vigilant. Um, wearing a mask is not that difficult. We've all kind of gotten used to it. We don't like it necessarily, but we've gotten used to it. And we've all gotten used to some social distancing and washing our hands and those sorts of things. Those are going to be important for us regardless um, of how we move forward with this because flu season's coming. Yeah. And those things being implemented last year, really, we had one of the lightest flu seasons we've had since I can remember last year, but it was because we were wearing masks, socially distancing and washing our hands. Yeah, it definitely prevents from from other things in our community, uh, uh, airborne illnesses, of course, uh, Gibby. But I do want you mentioned something there. I have seen you in the government center, thankfully, in person. But at times you have been wearing your mask and I want to hone in on that. Why exactly wear the mask if we are trusting the vaccines that are being shot into our arms? What is exactly the reason that you and others might want to still wear the mask if they're vaccinated? Well, one of the reasons is we don't know who's been vaccinated and who not. We're not requiring people when they come into the government center to show us their card. 
um, we're trusting that people are vaccinated if they're acting as if they're vaccinated. Um, but we know that there are individuals who um, are acting as if they are vaccinated when they're not. Um, so you have to decide how much you want to, uh, how much chance you want to take. And the other thing that I do know is that, you know, there, this, this Delta virus is, I mean, the variant is very um, contagious. It's easily transmitted. And even if you've been vaccinated, there's a chance that you could become infected. Um, and you, you probably are not going to get very ill, but you may be able to transmit that to other people. So it's, it's that continuous cautiousness that makes me wear masks in certain situations because number one, I don't want to become infected. And number two, if I did, I, I want to make sure that I'm not transmitting it to someone else. So um, again, it's just uh, uh, my personal choice at this point, because we're not mandating masks, is in some environments, I will wear a mask. We were around the secretary and the governor and a number of other individuals yesterday from the state and federal government and legislators, I had my mask on the entire time. Yeah. Um, it was a crowded situation. There were lots of people around and it just felt like the safe thing to do. Um, and there were quite a few other people wearing masks as well. Stay with us here. We will be back with more with Health Director Gibby Harris. We are really desperate. Local business owner Craig Ray applied for a government loan to keep his business going. But when his request got stalled, Craig contacted the defenders and asked, where's the money? I know that after you contacted them, things moved pretty fast. Just glad we could help you. If you're asking where's the money and feeling financial pressure, the WCNC Charlotte Defenders are here to help. Email us at thedefenders at WCNC.com. We're there to get you answers to where's the money, only on WCNC Charlotte. Welcome back. We're going to continue our conversation with Health Director Gibby Harris. As we see this Delta variant, even here in some states that have seen lower vaccination rates, we're seeing hospitals start to pick up patients uh, more so than they were uh, when these vaccines were being rolled out. But I want to ask, uh, I know we aren't seeing that here necessarily yet, but with the Delta variant here and so much concern about how rapidly it spreads, is there a possibility that we could see mandates put back in place heading into the fall into the winter? I mean, is that a realistic and doable thing at this point? Um, you just said a lot. Um, I never say never um, because you just don't know what's going to happen. Realistic, um, I think it's going to be challenging to move back into a situation where we are socially distancing, wearing masks and that it's required. I think that's going to be very challenging. Our community individuals are, are tired of all of the restrictions and would likely fight that to some extent. However, like I said, I never say never because we don't know what's going to happen. The bottom line here, Hunter, is that we just need more people vaccinated. The more people we have vaccinated, the less likely this variant is going to cause that kind of problem in our community so that we do have to think about going backwards. None of us want to do that. So the vaccinations are critical and we just need more people vaccinated in Mecklenburg County. 
Yeah, of course, that push to get people vaccinated against COVID-19 brought state and national leaders, as you mentioned, Gibby, to Charlotte this week. Governor Cooper made a stop at a vaccine clinic at the Transit Center in Uptown. He was joined by the U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary and Charlotte Mayor Vi Lyles, among others, Gibby, of course, included. The governor also saying the rapid spread of the Delta variant makes the vaccine effort even more urgent than ever. We remain concerned about the Delta variant because it is more contagious and more dangerous. And in fact, we've seen a slight uptick in our numbers just this past week. And we believe, although we, we haven't analyzed every case, but that we believe it's largely attributable to the Delta variant because of how contagious it is. Governor Cooper was in the town the same day the second vaccine lottery drawing happened. Even $1 million, though, doesn't seem to be enough to push people to get vaccinated. Gibby, it's something that you and I have talked about before as far as these incentives. Some of them work a little bit. Others really haven't proven to work all that much. It seems as if, and I know you mentioned this uh, earlier this week, rather, that um, those who have gotten the shot or who have wanted the shot already have gotten the shot. So what's working and what's not in the county's effort to reach those people who are still unvaccinated? That's a, a great question, Hunter. Um, <clears throat> what we're seeing is that um, the incentives might be helping a little bit. Um, the $25 cash card that we provide when we vaccinate first for first doses does seem to have a little bit of a draw. I think people are, are more interested in having that in their hand than the possibility of um, a lottery, uh, which is, you know, one is sure, one the other's not. Um, so that does seem to draw some people in, but not significant numbers. What we're finding that is most effective is that one-on-one -on -one communication with individuals who are hesitant who haven't made a decision one way or the other, who are waiting um, for whatever reason for more data. Um, some people are just afraid of needles. There's any number of reasons why people haven't been vaccinated. And so having individuals that they trust, individuals from their community who have a conversation with them to understand what, what is driving their hesitancy and what kind of information they might be able to provide that could help that person make a decision to go ahead and be vaccinated is is where we are in this process. I think the mass media that we've done um, has uh, has been helpful, but I'm not sure that that's really going to change people's minds at this point. I think if if you have family members, if you are a family member of individuals who have not been tested and I mean vaccinated and you've been vaccinated, talk to them about it. Tell them why you got vaccinated. Tell them why you think it's important. Tell them what the experience was like help them work through those things. Um, they're going to listen to you before they listen to me or others at this point. Um, so we're doing a lot of canvassing in the community, door to door, handing out information, having conversations with people, answering their questions. And next week we're starting a program um, where we will actually have a public health staff person going along with those canvassers and having vaccine available so that if somebody changes their minds and wants a vaccine on the spot during that conversation, we can give it. Um, I think it's gonna take more of that in the community, right where people are making it very available, 
very convenient and answering all of their questions with someone that they trust is what it's going to take to get us uh, further in, in vaccinations at this point. Yeah, more so of those one-on-one -on -one conversations. Gibby, of course, as we started this interview here, it has been a long year and a half, and I want to do a little bit, of, a couple questions on uh, reflection for you as you come to the home stretch of your job here in the county. What are some of the things that you have learned? I mean, you're, you're going out in a big way here with the pandemic. Yeah, this wasn't exactly how I, I thought I'd um, finish my public health career um, as a health director, um, but you just never know in public health and you have to be prepared. And I think we were prepared. I'm not sure we were prepared for the length of time and the extent of what, um, uh, what we've had to deal with over the past year and a half. Um, the other challenge we've had is, is everything has changed. You know, the, the guidance, the information, the data, everything changes quickly, and we've had to be incredibly flexible. I think one of the things that I've learned um, is that a, a couple of months in, uh, we probably should have brought in some additional, we brought in a lot of temporary staff, but we used a lot of our staff to provide the leadership and the, um, the oversight for the work. Having some additional support there would have been good, we're bringing that in now, as we know, we're going to have to continue to deal with this pandemic for a while longer. COVID's not going away right away, um, but probably would have started that sooner. Um, and the other challenge that we've had is the, the changes in the guidance has created challenges for our community. People have gotten to the place where they don't know who to trust, how to trust the information, where they need to get their information from. That's been challenging as well. And I think we can do better. We can always do better. I think we've done a, a, a good job with that. But um, again, making sure that we're communicating regularly and getting that word out as much as we can. So, um, and the other thing is, I probably should have been more uh, insistent on staff taking personal time so that they don't wear themselves out. Our staff is very passionate. They're gonna work until the work gets done. Mm. And so getting some of our staff to actually take time for themselves and do self-care um, so that they can continue working has been challenging. And I probably should have been a little more forceful in some cases about making sure that that happens. Yeah. So those are just a few of the lessons. There've been many. Yeah. Um, and we're hoping to take all of that and move all of what we're learning into our work into the future so that we can be better prepared, but that we can also serve our community better. Gibby, last question here. Um, you've had, we, as we said at the top of the show, 30 years of experience in this field. Uh, you were brought in at first to fix a troubled health department here in Mecklenburg County, and then now you are leading it. Um, what are you most proud of as you turn this department around? Wow, it's hard to pick one thing, but if I had to pick one thing, I'm most proud of the staff of this department. Um, they are resilient. As I mentioned last night, they're passionate, they're compassionate, um, they're very capable, and they work hard for this community every day. Um, and I'm proud that public health is getting 
um, the recognition that it needs and that it deserves for the work that it does every day in this community. Yeah. So if I had to pick one thing, that'd probably be it. Awesome, true healthcare heroes, of course, for at least the past year and a half, if not, of course, more. Gibby Harris, thank you so much for joining us here on Flashpoint. Be sure to stay with us. We'll be right back after a short break. We're really desperate. Local business owner Craig Ray applied for a government loan to keep his business going. But when his request got stalled, Craig contacted the defenders and asked, where's the money? I know that after you contacted them, things moved pretty fast. Just glad we could help you. If you're asking where's the money and feeling financial pressure, the WCNC Charlotte Defenders are here to help. Email us at thedefenders at WCNC.com. We're there to get you answers to where's the money, only on WCNC Charlotte. This week, county leaders announced they reached a deal with CMS over a multi-million dollar budget battle. It comes after the board voted last month to withhold $56 million from the school district until it produced a plan to close disparity gaps in performance scores. Both sides now say there's a plan and the county is paying up an additional $11 million. In return, the county will get an expanded plan on how the district will improve educational outcomes for all students. After two mediation meetings between Mecklenburg County and the CMS school board, a deal was struck. I will tell you that uh, the board did uh, vote to um, agree to the uh, proposed settlement. According to the mediation document, the county will release the $56 million it was withholding from CMS. It will also pay the district an additional $11 million. In return, CMS will put their school improvement plans on their website and report the progress being made to achieving those goals. The superintendent will also have an annual review based on those goals. It's a win for the county because it's a win for the community. The deal comes after months of heated debate, mudslinging, and a standoff between the county and CMS, fueled by outrage from parents and the community who wanted better outcomes for students of color. I wish we could have had, a, you know, in some ways a more constructive community conversation, but make no mistake about it, this conversation needed to happen. CMS Board Chair Elise Dashu saying in part tonight, quote, we are delighted to turn the page on this budget dispute but questions still remain if it was all worth it. Was it worth all of this back and forth? Well, we'll let the community decide. CMS will have to make those plans and data available by December 31st of this year on their website. The county will also give the district an extra $1 million to improve its website so families can find that data easily. Stay with us, we'll be right back. Thank you for making WCNC.com your number one choice for local TV news on your phone and in your home. And trusting us on Facebook by giving WCNC Charlotte more followers than any other local TV news source. Thanks again for making us number one. Download the WCNC Charlotte News app and find out why WCNC.com is the number one choice for local TV news on your phone and in your home. The number one local choice for TV news is WCNC.com. Download the WCNC News app today. Experience the difference. Thank you for making WCNC.com your number one choice for local TV news on your phone and in your home and on Facebook by giving WCNC Charlotte more followers than any other local TV news source. Thank you for making WCNC.com your number one choice for local TV news on your phone and in your home. 
Well, thanks so much for your company here on Flashpoint. It's been a pleasure to fill in here this week. There will be no show for the next few weeks due to golf and then the Olympics right here on WCNC Charlotte. Ben, he will be back here with a new show on August 8th. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe to the Flashpoint podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great rest of your weekend.